On this staff edition episode of the ASC podcast with John Gailey, we discuss the requirements for risk management programs and the importance of incident reporting. Welcome to the ASC podcast with John Gailey the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. We would like to thank our sponsors, Surgical Information Systems, providing cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence. Trivalence offers a comprehensive, next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable data insights. And Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, please visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 169 for the staff edition of the ASC podcast with John Gailey for October 17th, 2022. We're recording from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Susan Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC podcast with John Gailey and a Senior Nurse Consultant for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. The ASC regulatory environment is extremely dynamic and the material provided in this episode is based on information available as of the date of recording. Joining me is John Gailey, the owner of Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies and recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. Mr. Gailey is the author of over 10 books on the ASC industry and a frequent industry speaker on regulatory accreditation and finance issues. So this is a uh, special edition specifically for staff in ambulatory surgery centers where we discuss a particular topic that is important in an ASC setting. One of the reasons that we have uh, created this uh, special edition is that it's a shorter version of a discussion we generally have about an important topic. And and for this episode, we're going to be talking about incident reporting. And it's something that uh, all staff should be aware of, uh, but it's often uh, forgotten in the annual mandatory education programs. Uh, if you do want to know more, or if you want to listen to a more in-depth discussion on incident reporting, we do have a longer discussion in episode 163. We should note that for aspiring leaders in ASCs, the podcast and our past episodes are a great resource to learn more about the regulatory environment and to keep up with the latest news in the industry. So as I said, this week we're going to be talking about incident reporting. Now, just a little bit of background on incident reporting. Incident reporting and reporting of all types of occurrences, incidents, and adverse events and near misses is frequently a problem in an ambulatory surgery setting during a survey, uh, especially with new or minimally compliant ASCs. Surveyors expect an ambulatory surgery center to have incidents, uh, to report those incidents to the Quality Improvement Committee, and to do uh, follow-up on each of those incidents to determine if there were any opportunities to learn from that incident. Having a good incident reporting system is critical to good risk management and the quality improvement programs and to pass a survey. CMS and accreditation requires ASCs to train their employees on an annual basis about risk management and incident reporting. So as we've talked about in previous staff editions, the uh, ambulatory surgery centers are required 
under the Medicare program to follow what we refer to as the conditions for coverage. And the applicable condition for coverage that uh, discusses incident reporting is 416.43, quality assessment and performance improvement. And there are interpretive guidelines, in other words, guidance that are provided to surveyors when they survey an organization. So, Sue, why don't you talk about what the uh, interpretive guidelines state uh, related to risk management programs? So the interpretive guidelines for 416.43, the QAPI conditions for coverage requires an ASC to take a proactive, comprehensive, and ongoing approach to improving the quality and safety of the surgical services that it delivers. The QAPI conditions for coverage presumes that the ASC employ a systems approach to evaluating their systems and processes, identifying problems that have occurred or that potentially might result from the ASC's practices, and getting to root causes of problems rather than just superficially addressing one problem at a time. From a survey perspective, the focus of the QAPI condition is not on whether an ASC has any deficient practices but rather on whether it has an effective ongoing system in place for identifying problematic events, policies, or practices, and taking actions to remedy them, and then following up on those remedial actions to determine if they were effective in improving performance and quality. Quapi programs work best in an environment that fixes problems rather than assigning blame. So some critical points that come out of that interpretive guidelines. First of all, uh, it is the expectation that an organization is proactive. In other words, that it doesn't wait for problems to occur, but learns from past experiences. And that's what really incident reporting is about. Often incident reporting programs uh, are viewed as punitive, and that is certainly not what the intent of the conditions for coverage are here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is not the intention that uh, anytime something goes wrong, we try to figure out who to blame. And that's exactly what this interpretive guideline states. Yeah, it's too hard to figure out what caused a problem and really delve in and try to prevent it if everybody's worried about being blamed or, or what's going to happen when they come forward with an issue. Right. I did want to focus on a couple words that were in that uh, interpretive guidelines. The, the guidelines state, the focus of a quality improvement condition is not on whether an ASC has any deficient practices but rather on whether it has an effective ongoing system. In other words, they're looking at these incident reports to try to determine if there's a system in place to assure that those incidents will not recur, not trying to blame anybody for it. And and it also notes that QAPI programs work best in an environment that fixes the problems rather than assigning the blame. So your ASC needs to have an incident reporting process, and you need to talk to your administrator or nurse manager about what types of incidents they expect you to report and who fills out the form. Often, uh, it is the expectation of the surgery center that the individual who witnessed the event or was uh, participating in the event uh, that didn't go quite the way you expected it, uh, to fill out that form. And an important thing to remember also about the incident report is it does not go into the medical record. It is not part of the medical record. Once the incident report is completed, it goes to the administrator or nurse manager, and they then look at that information and try to determine. They they do what we call close the loop. They look at the information that's in the incident report and try to determine what could have been done to improve the process? Maybe you need to change a policy. Uh, maybe employees need to be uh, re-educated on a particular policy or process. That's what we call closing the loop. And we want to document that. And then that information is forwarded to the quality improvement program and ultimately to the governing body. The important thing about 
an incident reporting uh, process is that it doesn't just address the single event. You do want to make sure that the loop was closed on that event, but you want to learn from that event to make sure it doesn't happen again. Was there something different that you could have done during the procedure? Was the individual that was involved an appropriate candidate for the procedure? Did the transfer go smoothly if it was a transfer? Were all the appropriate procedures followed? Could we improve the process with additional training? Uh, did you have the proper equipment or the appropriate equipment? That is a comprehensive system. If you don't look into this deeply, deeply you don't have a comprehensive incident reporting program. And this is, of course, how you improve. You take all of this information and you uh, use it to improve your system and you document it so that surveyors later on can see this. And, and of course, you can learn from it. So let's give an example. And I'm, I'm going to purposely use an example that doesn't involve a transfer to the hospital. Obviously, transfers to the hospital are, are uh, it's an expectation that that turns into an incident. But let's, let's say that a patient has a fall, and you don't have a fall prevention program. You don't even have a policy with regard to falls. And this is the first fall that you have had in 20 years. Uh, so you would have an incident report that you would prepare. Uh, you would identify uh, the incident. You would, would write down all of the events that led up to it. Uh, you would talk about how the patient recovered from it, whether they needed some additional uh, health care, and, and then follow up with the patient after they are discharged to determine how they recovered from it. And then somebody fills out an incident report, and that goes to the nurse manager or the administrator. And uh, as part of the investigation into this incident, you determine that you don't have a fall prevention program and you could benefit by having a fall prevention program. So closing the loop, in other words, closing out this incident means that you would document a brand new policy that you would create uh, that identifies a system for uh, identifying patients that could potentially be at risk for falling. You re-educate the staff or you educate the staff on the fall prevention program and you put it into place. And that's the closing of the loop. So you've got an incident report that results in a proposed policy that goes to the Quality Improvement Committee that ultimately goes to the governing body and then you re-educate your staff. And you have a really well-documented process for doing mm -hmm. this. But let's take it a step further. Let's say that you have this fall prevention program and then you have another fall. In that case, you have another incident report that you document what happened. Same thing. You know, how did the patient react? What were the follow-ups to it? Did they require additional care, et cetera? And then the administrator or the nurse manager reviews that incident report, and they know that they have a policy in place. So what went wrong? Did the policy not work? Did you need to revise the policy? Maybe the employee that was involved in the fall had not been educated about the fall prevention program. So based upon what your findings are, you either revise the fall prevention program or you re-educate that individual staff member or all of the staff on how to, uh, uh, to implement the fall prevention program. And it can be an employee also that you have to write an, an incident report on. Correct. Um, we've seen a lot of times there's falls. Maybe somebody's not wearing the appropriate footwear, you find out. Or sometimes it's people that are um, taking the blood pressures and they're not winding the cords up correctly. Yeah. You know, and it's just something that simple, but you point to it and maybe you, you know, revise how, how things are done moving forward. So let's give a couple other examples of uh, of uh, incident reports. And, and Sue, one of the things that we always know, too, is that sometimes you have to lower the bar. You want to have incidents. You need to have incidents in order to demonstrate that you're seeking for opportunities for improvement. No, 
no surgery center is perfect and, and certainly none of us are perfect. So there's always opportunities to learn from something that happens. So examples might be that you had an equipment malfunction during a procedure that required you either to cancel the procedure or delay the procedure or get somebody in to fix the equipment. Well, you want to learn from that. Is there something you could have done to avoid having that equipment malfunction or break down in the middle of a procedure? Sometimes you find incident reports for cancellations. Maybe on the day of surgery you had a cancellation uh, of a GI procedure because the, the patient did not properly prep for that procedure. Yeah, it's a good idea to always track all of your day of service cancellations because you, you might notice some trends that you can address. Right, like the example I just gave, mm -hmm, maybe you have mm -hmm. a poor education program yep. in teaching that patient how to uh, prep for the procedure. And, of course, the traditional uh, incidents are, you know, transfers to the hospital, a mm -hmm. cardiac event uh, that might occur in your uh, your organization. Uh, infections are incidents, though they are often documented in another uh, manner. Again, employee things, a needle stick, anything like that. Even things like an area that needs cleaning, you're, you're noticing trip hazards or, you know, any environmental type things. And, of course, internal or external disasters would also mm -hmm. re result in an incident. Let's say that you had flooding in the organization. You would write that up as an incident. And, of course, learn from it. What, what types of things can you do to minimize any damage in the future? An unruly patient, a violent patient or staff member even. Right. You know, might, even if nobody got hurt, you want to document that and how did you address it and how can you maybe reduce those incidents in the future? Uh, and, of course, near misses are another classic example of an incident when you get into the operating room and you realize you're about to do surgery on the wrong knee or the wrong eye. Uh, that is definitely has to be documented mm -hmm. as a as an incident. In this case, what we call a near miss. And, and those, by the way, Sue, that's one thing that uh, surveyors tell, tell us all the time, that uh, it really shows a robust uh, system when you document and you follow up on um, a near miss uh -huh. uh, because it, it demonstrates that you're trying to learn from that and, and make sure that you uh, you don't repeat that problem. Yeah, kind of staying a step ahead. But I do think, even though you've already said it, we have to reiterate the whole closing of the loop because yes. the most common thing we see is that we get an incident report and it says everything up until they went to the hospital or they went home. But you have to know what happened after. And, and it can be an issue in some places getting the discharge instructions from the hospital or the discharge summary. Um but you have to really try to get that and, you know, call the patient afterwards, find out, you know, how, how it all ended up, how long did it take to recover. If you have a staff member that had to go for a needle stick, you know, was the testing okay? Were you able to test the source patient if it was a, you know, a contaminated needle? All of that, just try to get as much information as you can so that you're able to see how, how it worked out. Right. And as we also said, just making sure that somebody else is determining the wider impact of whatever that incident mm -hmm. and is there a way to avoid that in the future. Mm -hmm. So we hope this has been helpful for uh, for uh, for staff members and trying to understand how a incident reporting program works. And we encourage you to uh, thoroughly read the policy and procedure with regard to incident reporting in your policy manual. It's been a long day, and the surveyor has just left, and you are exhausted and looking at the list of items that you have to address. You wonder, how can I deal with this and still take care of my patients? 
More importantly, you wonder, how can I ever keep up with all the regulations, standards, and accreditation requirements? How can I always be prepared for a survey and reduce my stress levels? Well, that's what Ambitory Healthcare Strategies does, day in, day out. We become your outsourced regulatory and accreditation resource. We can maintain your policy manual, develop your education programs, help out with fire and disaster drills, do your risk assessments, oversee your quality improvement activities, help run your quality improvement meetings and governing body meetings, and we can even prepare your monthly or quarterly financial statements and help you figure out where you are financially. We are a retainer-based service. We don't take ownership. We don't charge based on your revenue. We have one fixed monthly fee, and we can tailor your services to your exact needs. So whether you're looking for help getting over a survey, preparing for a survey, or looking for a long-term relationship to assist you with your ongoing regulatory and or financial needs, please give us a call at 585-594-1167 or email us at info at That is info at ah-strategies.com or visit our website at ah-strategies.com. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Surgical Information Systems, Trivalence, and Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Surgical Information Systems provides cutting-edge information solutions for surgery providers. Trivalence offers a comprehensive next-generation ASC solution that optimizes payment and supply chain performance, enabling actionable insights. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies is the nation's leading regulatory and accreditation compliance resource for ambulatory surgery centers. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute, legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. If you are interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.